The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I enjoy reading about sleep theories, why we need to sleep, how it helps us. I used to give workshops on it way, way back when I could stay awake for the whole day. But there are theories coming out, and I believe one of the main theories for why we sleep is to recharge our phones. Pretty much, that seems seems to be seems to be one of the ascendant ones. Good to have you with me here on the Doctor is in. As always, the number is the same. I would hope some of you people have it memorized by now. Eight seven seven five seven three. 7825. That is not an easy number to remember. It bounces all over the place. It's kind of like the national anthem. The national anthem is really tough to sing. It's all over the scale. So 877-573-7825 just doesn't roll off the tongue. However, if you're uh, concerned enough, you can remember it. Let me make it easier for you. 877 877- 57 equal, 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number to call to get onto the program. Program is a call-in program. You are the callers. I am the callee. There's an intermediate step. It's our call screamer. That most of the time is Eric Dumont, father of two. And then if he gets buried in calls, Andrew Kruchek, producer man, father of two. Neither one of them can have a middle child. Because they have odd numbers of children. I always tell that to parents. You're afraid of a middle child syndrome. Don't have an odd number of kids. You got an odd number, have another one. Give one away. Wipe out that middle spot, you know. I got to do a man along a middle child syndrome one of these days. Okay. Why would you call in? Now, usually particular circumstances in your life. Frustrating or uncertain. Oh, depressing, emotionally laden, something. Sometimes you call in because you want to help somebody else. That's when you get the most days taken off of purgatory. Even more days taken off of purgatory than listening to me. And some people call in because they like the intersection between psychology and faith and how they collide and how they cooperate. So, 877-57 equal. We, it's my experience, well, let me go, let me go back 40 years. 
there was a miniseries called Jesus of Nazareth. Like six, seven hours. The apostles had British accents. I never could figure that out. How could these Palestinians have British accents? There was one scene where Matthew was talking to Peter, kind of sitting back around the fire, and Peter was getting frustrated, and I'm going to go home. I'm just going to go back home. And Matthew says something to the effect, no, you won't. No, you won't. Because we know. We're the first to know. Obviously, many of you have situations in your life that are ugly, hurtful, endlessly frustrating, don't seem to want to go away, any of that. And it's a source of uh, a lot of discouragement for you, a lot of down emotions, a lot of upset, upheaval, upside down, like using the ups. I'd like to give you a thought that I think if you focus on it, remind yourself of it, take a page from what Matthew said to Peter in Jesus of Nazareth, it will help you navigate these sides of life that threaten to bring you down, especially chronically. I'm going to assume, as I'm going to know my audience, that most of you are believers. You believe that Christ was God. You believe that he came with a mission. And you believe that there is life after this life. You believe that. You understand that that knowledge, that faith, is given to you. You were born where you were born. You didn't have a choice. China has 1.3 billion people. Over half of them have no religion whatsoever. So you got 700 million over there that don't have any religion at all. Don't even give Christ a second thought. India, heavily, heavily, heavily Hindu. India is 1.1, 1.2 billion people. Almost all Hindu. They're not concerned about Christ. So if you believe that this story is the greatest story ever told, to borrow the title of a movie a long time ago, then you know it. Not only were you born in a time and place to hear about it, but you were given the grace to believe it. Do you understand, do you have any idea how privileged you are? So when you struggle with life, struggle with other people, bummed out, depressed, anxious, frustrated, how often do you remind yourself, look what I have been given in the scheme of eternity? You know this. The majority of the world does not. Now, obviously, we don't know how God will judge everyone. 
We can't know. It's a time for a future manologue. But we can know what you know and what you believe. What a privilege. What a gift. Dwarfs. Whatever ugliness or unhappiness or misery is in your life. Now, that's not going to make it all go away. But what it will do, it'll take some of your focus away from your misery and turn it toward what you've been given. Do you know what you've been given? Do you actually realize gut deep what you've been given? In many respects, not through any choice of your own. You couldn't choose whether to be born here rather than China or India or any Muslim country. You couldn't choose that. Or Europe, who's basically not Christian anymore. So all of these folks who really don't think about Christ, they don't pay any attention to it. for, For them, it's not even anything near their living sphere. It's right smack in the middle of yours. You've been given that. That's a gift. That isn't something that you're so special. Emphasize this to yourself over and over and over again when you are when you are caught up in all the things that you don't like about your life. All the people that frustrate the snot out of you. I'm going to use another word, but remind yourself of this. Realize the infinite value. Dr. Ray, some good calls up there, and I'm going to ask you to be patient because I want to get to all of you. 877-57 equal. The most original Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. What have you always wanted to know about the Vatican? Well, I'm your Vatican Insider, and I answer that question when I bring you the news about the Pope, Vatican City, and I share insights and stories from a broad spectrum of church ministries. Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis, Saturday night, 9 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. As a Catholic mom, I know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Lisa Popcheck from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting Catholic parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert help with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to personalized expert support, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along and love the Lord, downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, and a supportive community and tons of other benefits, like my Momfidence podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? 
Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. I sleep with a butter knife under my pillow. I do. You never know when somebody's going to break in and hand you a cake. These are the kind of things I think about. Years ago, many, many years ago, I was working at a local mental health center. There was a colleague there who had probably been practicing for two or three years. And in one of our team meetings, she said that she had seen so, so very many, I forget the exact number, of childhood multiple personality disorders. That was her specialty. And I remember thinking at that time, I was probably 10 years older than she was, and I'd been around the psychological circuit with a a lot of PhD psychologists. And I hadn't talked to any of them who had seen a childhood multiple personality disorder, which is no longer called that. It's still dissociative disorder now, dissociative identity disorder. And I thought to myself, there must be something in the way she's looking or she's evoking this kind of feedback from these kids that she's seeing. So Jake from North Dakota was watching film the other day about multiple personality disorder. Uh, the, uh, the the one was uh, The Many Faces of Eve. That's an old movie. It's the lady who was married to um, Paul Newman. I forget her name. Uh, somebody, will, somebody will text me. Somebody will say, here, Dr. Ray, I'll tell you who it is because they hate to see me stumbling around trying to remember names. Hi, Jake. Hello, Dr. Ray. All right, so you got this question about this dissociative identity disorder, huh? Yeah. Um, oh, I was just curious if they're different. I mean, they're saying all that's caused by chemical imbalance in the brain or what, whatnot. And I know typically, probably in cases of exorcism, they don't do a lot of chemical studies, but I didn't know if they would ever ever been like a case study where they looked at people who'd been you know seeing a psychiatrist before or after an exorcism like like if like what kind of effect that would have on the chemicals of the brain i just got a text from my dear friend and boss over at ewtn tom price and he knows everything about everything the guy i want to get him when we play trivia he says the woman who played on the the uh, as it the three faces of Eve? I forget. Sybil had sixteen, but Tom says it's Joanne Woodward. That's who it was. So sorry, Jake, for the digression there. Initially, what was called multiple personality disorder got a high profile by Sigmund Freud. That's right, the Lusapalinda Strudel, 
And Freud's view was, well, there's all kinds of internal psychic conflicts. And the individual had to develop these personalities to cope, to keep down, to repress or even suppress, two different words, psychoanalytically speaking, these conflicts. As our understanding has grown, we recognize that in very extreme cases, this does seem to be a psychotic condition, that these variants of the individual's personal expression can be mediated by a kaflui in the neuronal goings-on in the brain. Relating to what I said prior to picking up the call with you, Jake, when I talked about my colleague, the mental health center, who had seen I don't know how many of these things, one could also make the case that, and I've seen this with the theorists, saying that the uh, clinician evokes it. The clinician searches for it. The clinicians ask questions in such a way, and there's a suggestibility from the client. So this happens. So I guess what I'm saying, Jake, is that it's it's probably multi-causation. But you are right. In a in more extreme type cases, and this would have to be something that that you'd look at overall in the way this person is exhibiting these personalities, and they're generally not personalities per se. They're, they're more or less kind of expressions. You know, the guy might be a 21-year-old college student, and then the next day he's a 16-year-old sophomore in high school kind of thing. So is there something chemical going on? Yeah, there can be. Can be. I don't think it's always the case. And it's rare, by the way. It is rare. It is. This is not a common thing. It's like I said with all my colleagues, none of us had ever seen and dealt with gender identity disorder. And here's this three-year-old clinician, three-year meaning experience old clinician, saying, yeah, I've seen dozens of them. Well, that tells you something. You know what the word iatrogenic means? Not a clue. Doctor caused. Now, certainly not all of them are, but that's probably one component. So there you go, Jake. Okay. What we know. Okay. All right, my friend. Oh. It's it's you know in, in in extreme it's serious. Okay, it is serious, and the idea of how do you blend, and I would imagine there's some confusing overlap, with also rare cases of possession. Because whatever the demon does to this individual, and however the demon expresses its possession of this individual, it can certainly come across like a serious break with his own personality. So I would imagine there would be some overlap confusion there, too, but both both are rare. Okay. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much. Hey, you uh, bet. Okay, sir. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Dominic, because uh, Dominic was waiting patiently. He jumped on the phone as soon as I started talking. He jumped on the phone before I even started talking. He jumped on the phone yesterday. Poor guy's been there for half a day. Hi, Dominic. 
Hey, how you doing? All right, sir. Hey, buddy, my question is, I don't know how familiar with the chaplet of the divine mercy and the promises of our Lord to make St. Faustina. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in your promises, or is that just something said? Or uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I ain't going to call the Lord a liar. The question no, I is, understand yeah. that, but the, the question is, are they automatic? Are they what automatic? Are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if you if you say, well, for example, that Buddy, was a private. I believe rep- in it with all my heart and soul. I believe in it with all my heart and soul. To, well, okay, to, that's to, wonderful, uh, Okay, wonderful. But because that was a private revelation to St. Faustina. Catholics are not obliged to believe them. Well, you can. All right? You can. And the church certainly in no way has condemned them. So, in fact, there is something that people of good faith, goodwill, can embrace. Now, that said, is it automatic that if I do this, what I want will happen? Simple answer to that, Dominic. No. So, in other words, don't believe in what you hear. Don't no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it's probably more complex than that. In the sense that if if we would say, I'm going to do this, and therefore that guarantees that what I've asked for is going to happen. And it doesn't happen because obviously it doesn't happen many times. So you're left with an explanation. What's the explanation? Well, either that's not true and those promises are questionable. I don't or, believe that. Okay. Okay. I, I got that. that. Okay. And that's beautiful. But the other thing is maybe there's more to it than that. Those promises are legit, but how they manifest how it all eventually turns out is is more than just a straightforward if a then b the church's been very very cautious about superstition the church says you got to be careful but you know what sir you know i believe in a chaplet i believe in our lord jesus christ and the promise he gave us a Cena, and that's what i'm interested in okay i i believe in it with all my heart and soul and i'm just only asking you What's your feelings on it? Well, I told you. Uh, yes, those are promises. They're legitimate promises. But if they don't happen, um, then the question becomes, why didn't they? Is it because you didn't do it right? Is it because you were not in a state of grace? Is it because you misunderstood? Is it because there's another way that they'll occur that you're totally unaware of? The Lord says, for example, he says, ask for anything in my name and it will be granted to you. Right. He says that in scripture. So if I say, dear Lord, please, my car's a mess. Can you can you can you find me a a nice car here that I can get a good deal on and buy it? Now, that doesn't happen. Now what? Because the Lord said anything in my name. So it's obviously there's more meaning to it than that. St. James says, well, you pray for the wrong things. That's why you don't get granted. Oh, okay, there's another verse to kind of be attached onto that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that automatically if I do something, 
that the Lord has to respond to the way I want it. That's that's where I'm at. I, I leave it for me. I leave it open to say, Lord, you know better how to bring this about than I do. And I may not see in any way for the next nine years how you'll bring this out. But OK, I got to I got to trust and wait. That's where I'm at on that, Dominic. I think the church is kind of that way where too. that where that way that when that how I don't know one of those. It's Dr. Ray, 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program, 877-573-7825. One of these times, Tom Price, I'm going to come up with a song or an actor or actress that you don't know. But all I know is you could be looking it up over there and acting like you're real smart. And all you're doing is just searching for it. Sixty on ten with Monsignor Charles Pope. The tenth commandment: You shall not covet your neighbor's goods. This commandment is similar to the ninth because it uses the word covet, which means to inordinately or inappropriately desire something. And therefore, related to this are concepts that are familiar to us, such as greed or avarice, which is the undue passion for riches and power. Likewise, envy and jealousy are related here. In jealousy, you have something that I want, but I want it inappropriately or excessively. Envy, however, is a very dark thing because it wants to destroy that which is good in another person because it makes me look bad by comparison. And so in all these ways, the Lord is asking us to look very carefully to our desires because they can grow too expansive and lead us into very grave sins. The Tenth Commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. Catechism of the Catholic Church on Animals, paragraph 2417. God entrusted animals to the stewardship of those whom he created in his own image. It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing. They may be domesticated to help man in his work. Medical and scientific experimentation on animals is a morally acceptable practice if it remains within reasonable limits and contributes to caring for or saving human lives. It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So the Catechism is quite clear. We have a great duty to exhibit kindness to animals and at the same time understand that animals were created not for their own sake, but for the sake of the human. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. sign you're getting older you're on vacation and your energy runs out before your money does happened to me a lot good to have you with me dr ray here program doctor is in co-production of the ewtn global catholic radio network and ave maria radio communications look here something here i'm gonna make sure i got everything i need on this where is it oh tom you sent me stuff and Maybe it's in the Gmail account. I'm gonna find us here because I gotta make some shout outs here. Oh, oh yeah, I do have to shout out because I promised them. 
I promised him I promised him. Let me find I'll get to your call, Marie. You're up next. But let me just get to this real quick. Uh, where is she? Renee, Jen, Randy, Grenade. Oh, gosh. I'll have, to, I'll have to find it on the break. No, here she is. This is from Carol. Carol is... She is... Uh, they have a an EWTN in Berkeley Springs affiliate, West Virginia, Hancock, Maryland. They're broadcasting some of the EWTN and Ave shows. Give a shout out to us. And Dr. Ray, please mention George Washington. This is the old George Washington slept here gig. George Washington really did come there. There's a stone bathtub that exists in the center of town. He owned property there. And on the bathtub, it has his name on it. So there you have it. But we do want to I do want to call it out to Berkeley Springs and Hancock, Maryland, Berkeley Springs in West Virginia. Thank you for being part of the big growing affiliates. Marie is 24 hours from Tulsa. Take that, Tom Price. I know that song. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. Oh, you got some red flags. You got some red flags. You got the the railroad crossing dinging pretty loud, and you're wondering, huh? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I'm. I have a. I'm on a pursuit. Okay, here's the thing. (laughs) So. you know, I, I'm a devout Catholic. My boys are devout Catholics. I've been with this man for six and a half years. He's a wonderful. He's a, he's the most wonderful man I've ever met. Okay, he's. Wait a minute, you, are you including me in that? I am. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I am. I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and I know. And what made me prompt this was that you know I, I know that he's a believer. Okay, he's not a Catholic at this point, and I know I, I understand why he's angry. And it makes me so sad. It's who's, because, he, what, what, um, who's he angry at? You talking to church? He's angry at God, um, oh. and and it's unfoundedly. Um, he had um, him and his ex-wife um, had. We're not married. Um, we're we've been together. Um, we're, you know, we, we between us we've got six boys. Um, we we keep it very um, PG. <laughs> We don't ever have ever notes nights or anything like that. Anyway, but him and his ex-wife, I'll just tell you, they had an abortion, um, and it was very painful for them both. I'm sure, you know. Um, but um, anyway, it's just it's just difficult for me to talk to him about uh, faith, you know, um, because he is angry, uh, you know. But I mean, I know he believes, and so like you were saying before is um you know we're very lucky when we believe and it just it just breaks my heart that he's such a good man and it makes him angry and so i just don't know how to approach those things so i gotta I make i gotta make sure marie i got this so for okay. the most part you think he leans toward believing at some depth but there was this incident, this abortion, that somehow he felt was beyond his control, and God allowed it to happen, and he's mad at God? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you've tried to talk about it, and he shuts you down? He doesn't shut me down. Um, it's just, well, 
it's just very difficult. It's so painful to him. I can tell that it's because I, I have expressed to him in no uncertain terms, probably, um, hurtfully that it, it never should have happened. And, you know, because we've got six kids between us, right? And his wife just did it, you know, his ex-wife, his ex-wife, you know, just did it. And so um, I was probably a little bit too harsh in saying, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I never would have done that ever, ever. And so, but he didn't That's have... That's not harsh. That's not harsh. Well, but, but, but I mean, but so many men don't have control over that, Dr. Ray. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so... <sighs> I got two questions, Marie. Yeah. You said his ex-wife. Is he divorced? Yes, yes, yes. And you say you're a devout Catholic? Yes. How do you I'm not recon- an old yet. I'm not an old yet. Okay, what I about him? I, I, what about him? I don't know. We I've not I've not crossed that line yet. I don't I don't know yet. Okay. So I mean, this like is said, this is something that that you're probably not yet looking into. Right? Well, no, I'm looking and I'm 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 working on my annulment right now. What about him? So that's See, what I'm saying. This is a that's why it's a twofold question. Well, I know I'm my my gut is telling him. me that he he wouldn't want to approach this because if he's already mad at God, and then God's telling him, okay, you got to go back and look at your first marriage. I would wonder if he'd say, no, I don't. No, I don't. You've already betrayed me once with the abortion, and now you're telling me I got to go do this. I, would would he react that way? He, he, no, I don't think so because he's starting to talk to me a little bit about it, and I've told him I said you need to understand that the Catholic faith is a very intellectual religion, okay? And so, I mean, he's he's a very smart man, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, um, and so I said, look, I said I can give you a lot of, you know, philosophical books to look at, Aquinas, Boethius, you know, all kinds of stuff that you can look at and understand um, where this comes from. Do you think it's a matter of thinking and reason, or do you think it's a matter of emotional upset and he doesn't want to hear it? I think think it's a matter of emotional upset. I think it's a matter of emotional upset. Well, then do this instead. Then quit trying to argue with him. Do this instead. How is God responsible for what happened? Explain that to me. He could have stopped it. How? What would he have done to stop it? How? He could have, he, he, he could have, changed, he could have changed the way she thought. So you're saying yeah. that God will go in and deliberately, calculatedly stop people from sinning. Dr. Wright, let me just stop you for one second, if I can, because this is exactly what I said to him yesterday. I was like, God is not responsible for what happened here. Well, see, wait a minute. Here's the difference, Marie. You said God is not responsible. In other words, you're giving him your perspective. No, I want him to give you his perspective. Okay. How is God responsible? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, ask him. Ask him. Yeah, because you don't not going to argue with it. Because in his mind, he's smarter yeah, than yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's the way I'd approach it. And I would say, how long are you going to stay mad at God? I would start poking around on how his thinking is creating this obstacle for him, rather than you trying to correct him. He probably don't want to hear you trying to correct him. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal. Call any time.
How does one describe Christ's relationship to his church? The Catholic Catechism says Christ is one with his church. He is the head, we are the members. Head and members together make up the whole body of Christ. Head and members form, as it were, one and the same mystical person. St. Joan of Arc put it very simply to her judges. She said, About Jesus Christ and the church, I simply know they're just one thing. We shouldn't complicate the matter. The Catechism also refers to the imagery of the bridegroom, the theme of Christ as the bridegroom of the church as two in one relationship. Just as in marriage, two become one flesh, the church is portrayed as the spotless bride of the spotless lamb. Christ has joined the church with himself in an everlasting covenant. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Americans are curious about the religious devotion of others and are willing to discuss the topic, but most say they rarely have conversations about faith with their Christian friends. A study by LifeWay Research finding Americans are widely receptive to spiritual conversations in a variety of settings. Now, perhaps more than ever, people are open to conversions about faith, yet few Christians actually, Christians, actually take the opportunity to engage in personal evangelism. The reason conversations are not happening about the Christian faith is that Christians are not bringing it up. And I think this is key. Now, this person is not saying we shouldn't be concerned about religious liberty in the sense of, yes, there is great persecution out there. But at the end of the day, it is about the fact that we're not doing enough talking about Jesus. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Hey, got to congratulate Catholic Radio, South Carolina. 20 years. 20 years on the air. Boy, they're all over the place, too. Greenville, Spartanburg, Greer, Charleston, South Carolina. That's a biggie. And Hilton Head, Michael Brennan and all the gang there from all of us, EW10, congratulations, 20 years. You know, actually, I started about 20 years ago, and I was told by the folks at EWTN we have close to seven hours of quality doctors in programming. Seven hours. 20 years. Yeah. If I go another 20, up to 15. Ooh, this is heavy. This is heavy. Kent from Texas. Hi, Kent. Hello there, Kent. Hello there, sir. Thank you so much for taking my call. You don't sound very old, so I'm going to assume your friend's not very old. Well, he's 55, and I'm 10 years old. I hired him out of college 31 years ago, and um, he was just given a... I'll bet uh, it's pancreatic. I bet it's pancreatic. Bingo. Yeah, that's oh, that's a sad in the fifties, very common, and they usually catch it in stage four. And five percent of well, people it, 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 are cured from pancreatic. In his case, it, it, in his case, stage two A, Whipple oh. procedure, thought he was clear, uh, pain, PET scan, uh, Metastasized to his spine and lymph nodes. Oh, Four months man. without chemo, eight months with chemo. I need to know how to talk to him. Oh, man. 
Does he want to wife, talk to you? Two kids, wife, two kids, three grandkids, great job, perfect place in his life. Christian, uh, but not Catholic. He was raised Catholic, uh, fell away from the church, Protestant, leaning towards prosperity, gospel. So he he probably believes he is saved, right? You, I reckon, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I believe that would be the case. But he, but he hasn't talked about that with you. Uh, he, being, we don't really discuss religion because I'm Catholic and he has a real problem with the church. So we can kind of speak about religion in very generic kind of general terms. You could speak to him from his perspective. You you could ask him, given what you know, how does your faith enter into this? Okay. See I, I think he's, you know, I know him pretty well, and we've had many conversations over the years. So I, 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 I will, I can try that. I don't cuz you you're not you're not going you're not going to instruct him on what the Catholic Church teaches about this. You're going to oh, no, ask no, 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 no. how he looks at this in the sense that okay, now this who I forget who it was that said and Tom Price, you probably know, you'll look it up. Who was that said death has a way of focusing one's attention. So you wonder if if he's looking at this and if and if he thinks this is this is it this is not okay we're gonna I'm gonna beat this I mean he may be thinking that he may be thinking I'm gonna be one of the one of the few that conquers this but if he's not thinking that then he's thinking about what's after you can ask him well I'm pretty sure that he is very confident that in his religious belief of salvation. Okay, so he's so, saved. So I do believe that, I do think very strongly that he believes that he is saved, but he also believes that God has the final answer as to whether or not he dies from pancreatic cancer or not. I would keep focusing on that. I would ask him more about, are you in any way looking forward to What's on the other side? Um, does this does this change how you're looking at life now? What effect does your deeply held belief in salvation? What what effect does that have? Is that any is that any source of comfort for you at all? That's the kind of stuff I'd explore. Okay. As a secondary question, uh, I also have a four year old and a nine year old uh, four year old and nine year old daughter at home. Should I take them to see him? I mean, he he looks terrible. Would that be okay? I mean, they're friends with him. They know him. Would that be an okay thing to do? I can't say how your kids particularly would react to it. I don't think it's necessary for the four-year-old. Why? The nine-year-old, you could could preface it. You could say to the nine-year-old, so-and-so is very sick, honey. He's very sick. And when you get that as sick as he is, you don't look too good. 
do you still want to go see him? He'd probably be okay. real pleased to see you. Okay, well, that makes sense. Let's see, that's why I called you, because I, I knew, of course, that you'd make sense. Perfect sense. Hey, you're, hey you know. Andrew, Andrew, flag that one. Flying that was you're always well, looking for good good bumper well, comments. And, and and I can say, Dr. Ray, that when I'm not listening to Dr. Popcheck, I listen to you. So I'm I'm like plan <laughs> plan B. <laughs> no. I got I it. I love your show. I I love your show. I listen to you every day. Um I think that what you're doing is is amazing. You've helped me tremendously, and my, my whole family tremendously in our lives. We we're very faithful listen, listeners, and I, I've got you on the podcast. So whoever's uploading your talks to uh, the uh, the web, so I can listen to them when I'm working on the farm. I really appreciate it. Well, now you are getting carried away. You're kind you're kind of kind of over now, but I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna accept it anyway. Okay, this is well, fulsome, no, I, I can fulsome step, flattery. I can go. I can go one step further. My wife met you in Dallas years ago. We have your books. And so, you know, I mean, just the other day, I was going through the girls' toys, and I was thinking, not 50%, what 75% of toys can we get rid of? And I went, wait, I just got rid of 75% of their toys. So what's 75% of the remaining 25% they have left? We have to go with a half-life. You know, kind of like how (laughs) chemicals have a half-life. These toys have a (laughs) half-life. Yeah. Well, you know, I did they, meet they you. Really There's good news it. and bad news, Kent. I did meet your wife. I recall her. That's the good news. The bad news is, the first thing she said to me, um, Dr. Rabb, I have a question about my husband. I'm not really sure about him in this in this area. So I just did what I could. So if, in fact, things are going smoother for you, you can trace it to that day. That may be the day she sewed my face to the carpet and left me at home. Okay. All right. I've had that kind of response before. You're not the first. Hey, Kent, thank you very much, sir. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this is Dr. Ray taking one of my many mandate—no, sorry, sorry, sorry—person-dated breaks. Call now for great advice from Dr. Ray. Now, don't you feel better? Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. What can we learn from a 102-year-old doctor? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. It turns out we can learn a lot. Dr. Gladys McGarry is 102. While her tips for a long, healthy, and happy life are not all faith-based, they are worth considering. The good doctor suggests we get nine hours of sleep a night. We spend time with loved ones and build community. This is what parish life can help us achieve, right? She wants us to find and keep finding purpose in life, even after age 100. She says we need to walk, to move more each day. Even at 102, her goal is 3,800 steps a day. She suggests we avoid smoking and drinking alcohol, too. She wants us to find more love and laughter in life. Further, be a good listener. Get a load of this. She says, listening without love is an empty sound, but listening with love is understanding. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. 
Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I was almost late today to this show. I, I was getting ready, and I've noticed it's taking me twice as long to look half as good. I said to said to my wife, I said, look, look at this, honey. Come on, I don't have anywhere near the muscles I used to have. My hair's thinner. Got these wrinkles around my eyes. My mustache is getting great. Say something, please. Something complimentary she said your eyesight's perfect <clears throat> Lori from st louis is Hello. responding Lori is responding to uh, dominic who called at the, the very top of the program regarding the promises made to sister blesses saint faustina um regarding the divine mercy's chaplet hi Lori. hi thank you for calling me Thank you for taking my call. Huh. You're welcome. That's what happens when you have a holiday the day before you make a phone call. That happens to me without holidays. <laughs> the only thing that I wanted to try to offer is a little bit of thought. It took me a while to learn it myself. That when we pray and we do novenas, or we consistently pray the rosary in hopes that we get what we want. It doesn't happen quite that way because we lost our son four years ago on the 4th of July unexpectedly. And I'm like, Lord, you got to do this. Lord, you got to do that. And I kept praying and praying. And it's like, do this, Novena, do that, Novena, do this, Novena. And gradually I come to learn that God answers our prayers been in the ways that he sees most fit rather than the way that we see fit. Are you saying God's if smarter God than was, you? Well, of course he is. Otherwise, he wouldn't be that. Well, when you we know. say that it's not being answered the way we want it to be answered, we're saying we're smarter than God. True? I would, you know, I can see where you're coming from, but when I wanted my son back and I wanted my son back, the good Lord knew what was better. And well, Lori, when you say, happened. I'm so so sorry to hear about this, when you say you wanted your son back, are you saying after he had passed away, you were praying for some kind of return? I was wishing and praying that they would be able to revive him. Oh, and I they see. couldn't. I see. And it was a big ordeal and unexpected. But I come to learn that when God took him home, he knew after our son was gone that long, he would have either been on life support or brain damage. That wouldn't have been living. That would have been existing. 
So therefore, God knew what was best, and he knew better than I did. So no matter how many times we pray or we say, this is my opinion, though, and my feelings, no matter how much we pray for something we want, God answers the prayers, but in the way that he thinks is most best for us. When I was in the evangelical world, we used to have a tongue-in-cheek joke that said, Dear God, do with me what you want. Just don't send me to Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that could be. I I understand that one. (laughs) What what seems to be indisputable here, Lori, is that clearly... Prayers are not always answered the way we want. So if if we say that God isn't responding to our faithful prayers, then he's either ignoring us or it's what you say, which is he knows better what's best for us. Or in your son's case, somehow, some way, and you've come to this peace. I'm assuming it gives you peace. It is a peace. I'm assuming it was a drown. You're assuming it was a what, sir? Being drowned. He had he had drowned. His heart or, ruptured, and he drowned it in his own blood. Oh my heaven! Oh, that was an aortic aneurysm. Right, and. It was all unexpected. But the thing is, is that when we were en route to his home, uh, the only prayer that came to my heart was, Lord, you gave him to me, and now I give him back to you. I surrendered my son back into the Lord's hands because the Lord wanted him to pull out of this. He would have, if the Lord knew the consequences of being without oxygen for so long was going to be worse. That's a lot of faith, Lori. Lori, that's a lot of faith. Anybody in your life, anybody in your life think you were naive to think like that? They who do not understand, but in time they will understand, hopefully, because that's the way we learn. You know, I just can only... I can only say that I know that God knows that's what's best. And the prayer of St. Ignatius is on my heart because give me your love and your grace. That's enough for me. Thank you, Lori. God's got everything taken care of. Hey, thank you for the reminder for me, too. You know, I always say I learn a lot from you folks. Yours is a perfect example. Thank you, Lori. This is Dr. Ray. I appreciate the company very much, and I appreciate Tom Price being my lifeline. I'm I'm playing Who Wants to Be a Hundred Air. I wish I could get EWTN to give me a millionaire, but walk with God, as Lori says, he knows best. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.